You want to do intro music, Casey? No. <laughs> good morning. Will you please stand with me for the... Or good well, evening or good I afternoon. You literally said that you wanted to start this thing off by reading the word of God. Is that what you said? That's what you said. I didn't say that. You said, oh, well, all right. <laughs> Let's start over. No. <laughs> Welcome was, to the Salty Dogs Podcast. <laughs> was that intentional? Did you, of course it was. Did you just mess me up on everything purpose? I, everything I do. Oh my gosh. <laughs> is intentional. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Casey early on a Saturday mm. morning. This is what he likes to pull. Got bags of my eyes. Not really. You look pretty good. I try. You're pretty good looking for a 36-year-old man. 31. Mm-hmm. Yesterday. You don't have to lie. Oh, yesterday. Yeah. Snap. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, you I, didn't know it was my birthday. No, I said happy birthday. No. I just forgot this morning oh, that yeah. yesterday was your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason you knew it was my birthday is because Facebook. That's not true. It was that's actually in my phone. True. I oh, can show it? you on my phone. You put it in the calendar? It was in my phone, but you know why it was in I my phone? I made it to the calendar? You made it to the calendar uh-huh. because my wife said, hey, Casey's birthday's Friday. <laughs> So then I put it in the calendar just so I would remember. So, Ken, thank you. Yeah, my wife and Facebook are the two things, or person and thing, that will remind me of people's birthdays. I'm glad we got that out of the way. We did get that out of the way. All right. We're here. We're excited. Man, we've been recording like crazy. We recorded last week. We're recording this morning. We've got a recording on Monday and then another one like... The next Saturday or so. We're floating worldwide, baby. Yeah, that's right. We've got this thing going on. And so we've got some uh, some special guests. They're, every guest is special um, from Nebraska. So let me just tell you, I went up there a couple, uh, was it about a month ago or so, something like that. And for real, it is nothing but fields and fields and fields and fields of corn and more corn. Bro, Nebraska, Nebraska Huskers. Yeah. I see where they get the name. <laughs> so we want to welcome Mr. Andy Springer, and we've got Joe Springer, his wife, right? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. They're here. They're alive. They're ready to rock and roll, and they're going to take us through some pretty awesome conversation this morning. So I have to ask real quick. Sure. You said that it was Nebraska. Do you remember the city we're from? Hastings. We're in- okay. I just- I would have- <laughs> Did you put that in your calendar? <laughs> Kim had to remind me. <laughs> She said, remember, when you're recording this morning, they're from Hastings. I said, all right, Kim, thanks. So you put, so you put it in this calendar. <laughs> and then I put it in my calendar. Actually, she was asleep. She, I said, I'm leaving. She said, I love you. Have fun. Yeah, so I'm so leaving. So that's what she we're said, doing. We're here and we're having Hastings. fun. Hastings. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's awesome. So as it always goes, um, when we have guests on, we always ask the question, like, man, what do you guys want to talk about or what are you passionate about? And so uh, Andy and Joe kind of took some time to – to wrestle through some stuff, and they've come out on the other side of that wrestle match with uh, the topic of hospitality. And so um, before we dive into the topic, just real quick, uh, you tell me who you are and what you do, where you're from, where you're going. And so you guys each take, you know, 30 seconds to a minute or so. And tell me. Tell me. Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me what's going on. Um, well, I am Andy, and I am born and raised in the Wichita area, and Joe and I moved to Nebraska three years ago to start Gospel Community Church, so, mm-hmm. um, so you Nebraska her. wasn't where I wanted to go or where I thought I would go. <laughs> yep. <laughs> when I was asked to go to Nebraska, my response was that I don't think that that's a place that people mean to land. Mm-hmm. Do people live yeah. in Hastings, Nebraska? Yeah. I What's it, the population there? 
about twenty five thousand. Okay, Hastings. So what? What is Derby? Derby's like thirty. About twenty five thousand. Twenty five. So about it's about the same, the same size. size. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. So you landed in in Hastings, kind of yeah. like I just landed in Wichita. Yeah, like on purpose. It's yeah. Qu- weird. Hmm. Wichita's a good spot to land in, though. As is Hastings. We love Hastings. We do. Yeah. An amazing community there. Have you made T-shirts that say "We love Hastings"? No. Might want to think. Might want to think. Might want to think that. about that. <laughs> Do we know a graphics guy that can do that? Nope. Huh. Do they have graphics Not for hire. Hastings? <laughs> Guys, I'm kidding. Yes, yes, they <laughs> do. <laughs> they have graphics. Do people wear t-shirts in Hastings? They don't usually wear clothes. <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> so you guys have been in Hastings for how long? We've lived in Hastings for almost two years now, nice. but in the area for three. Oh, okay. Okay. And you started, yeah. you started the church there? Um, how many years ago? I'm sorry. Almost three. Okay. Gospel Community, Community. Church. Yep. Right. right. Awesome. So, so Joe, what? So, tell us your role. Tell us kind of where the Lord has you in in that church plant. In the church plant, I am kind of the do whatever needs done person. Wow. There's and always one of those yeah, people. Yes. She's like the deacon of everything. Wow. <laughs> um, nice. And teach the children. Um, we mm-hmm. have, we have a whatever ages of children are there. Um, we're all in one class Sunday school, and so mm-hmm. it's it's great. Um, I also direct the domestic violence sexual assault program in oh. Hastings. Yeah, we had some good conversation. I went in and and uh, on the topic of hospitality, uh, Andy and Joe were very hospitable to me when I went up there. And uh, we had a very delicious dinner, and I ate more than I should have, but I had as much as I wanted, so what that's was what it? counts, right? Pork ribs? Or it was what like was it? Chili beer braised pork ribs. Chili beer braised pork. It was stinking delicious. It was so good, so good. And so that sounds we, good. We sat in their living room, and we talked. It I mean, makes we me talked. reevaluate my life right now, as a matter of fact. You should, as you should. Mm, you should go home and consider... <laughs> Chili beer braised ribs <laughs> in your near future. Oh, I'm Casey. gonna. You should. You should ask your mom. I bet I'm you should. I'm gonna make my wife consider it. <laughs> you should ask your wife to highly consider it. That's what I said. But you said you're gonna make her <laughs> consider it. <laughs> I don't remember that. You should give her a choice for consideration, <laughs> Casey. And uh, we got to spend some time uh, just, you know, sitting there in the living room and uh, and really talking about some stuff. And I was like, man, this is what podcasts are made of. Like really good conversation, asking questions that um, some people will be afraid to ask, saying statements that you might be afraid to to say in front of certain people. And yeah. and uh, anyways, we just had a, a really great time sitting there and um, having conversation about this hospitality thing. And so... Uh, where do you guys want to um, where do you want to go with this hospitality conversation? Like, what do we want to focus on? What's a question maybe you want to ask or what's your, you know, reverse engineer? Well, what's an I answer wanna, we're looking for? I want to hear just a little bit for a second about that domestic violence thing that you're helping out or that you do. Like, what is that all about? Can you tell me about that? Yeah, we have. So our main office is in Hastings, but mm-hmm. we actually serve four surrounding counties which are very rural counties. And so we have, um, there's seven advocates with the program 
and anyone who is experiencing violence, be it sexual or domestic, are able to come in and advocates, we really just listen to them and help them um, get to wherever they want to be. Mm. Um, And we can help with the legal process. We have advocates who help with writing protection orders, harassment orders, can go to court and be that support person we also have two shelters and so we're able to help people get safe housing and provide for whatever they need so that's a large that operation going on it is is there a lot uh, um, and i'm not saying that this is hastings you know pertinent but is there a lot going of that stuff going on in that area like i think there's is that a, what what led you i mean yeah worldwide problem but i mean yes. is that what led you to start it there is because there's a problem there uh, I didn't start it. It's a 40-year-old program. Oh, okay. Um, Wow. The job opportunity just became available, and that's something I'm really passionate about. Sweet. It was a fantastic fit. Hmm. The job just so happened to come available, and it just happens to be what she's passionate about. Exactly. (laughs) Thank the universe. Yes. Yes, I do regularly. Did you you check the Zodiac sign to make sure the stars were aligned on that day? Like, is that what? They were. (laughs) I checked. He checked. Andy looked. He got it. He got it. <laughs> they are today also. Yeah. Awesome. Anything else you want to tell us about uh, your ministry, kind of what you're doing, your passion, your heart for church planning, pastoring, people, Jesus, any of that, just to give us a little more insight? Um, it's hard, but it is so amazing. I think the things that we have seen and gotten to be part of are not at all what we anticipated, but the life changes that we've seen as part of church planting and really being involved in a community of people who really mm. do, um, like, we, I think that sharing life together can become such a cliche church thing to do. I love the air quotes there. Yes, they translate proper, well to podcasts, proper, right? Properly placed. No, the, I'm properly placed air quotes. Well, thank I love you. It. Thank you. Um, but... I, I really do feel like that's that's what we're doing is um, inviting people into our lives. Mm, we so kind of talked about that a little bit. So when you say not what you thought, like, what do you mean? And uh, we had a very different idea of what church planting was going to look like and what ministry was going to look like uh-huh. when we moved to Nebraska. And we learned pretty quickly, man, if we don't, change our ideas if we don't have a new perspective of of what's going to be happening we're going to die out here it's going to be like we're just going to had had you maybe glamorized oh absolutely yeah yeah we went i've never heard of that happening before i'm pretty sure that's a weird that's weird yeah i i had every intention of being a celebrity by now Andy Springer Ministry. So instead of so in, so instead of uh, landing a helicopter on the top of our building this morning, he rolled up in a like Prius or something. Yeah, it's like a fifteen-year-old Chevy Impala. Boom! I'm talking that, about that's right, son. You're rich in spirit, brother. You're Spiritual rich in ducats. spirit. <laughs> Every intention of being a celebrity pastor by now. <laughs> yeah, I haven't even been offered a book deal yet. Bro, Andy oh, Springer Ministry. That sounds just. Can you? Can you I, it's it got just, a good it rolls ring. off the tongue. I'd wear that T-shirt <laughs> in Hastings. 
I'd design it too. <laughs> Would you? Can I have yeah. my face on it? Yeah. Absolutely. Why not? <laughs> oh my gosh. Sweet. Oh lordy, lordy. I love it. So, te- so, so, yeah. Tell us more. What? Let's dive into this scripture. Let's talk about some hospitality. What it's all. Yeah. About. So, just real quick. Something I definitely need more of in my life. Absolutely. You you need to be shown hus- hospitality. You need to show hospitality. <laughs> I, I I could use. Selfless love from someone with consider that someone with a yeah. hospitable heart. Like yeah. I want to be the recipient of hospitality. Is that what you're saying? I've been I've been the recipient of some extreme hospitality. Yeah, but I think that I need more hospitality in my life. But you know, I think that I think I was going to ask you, but I, I'd like to make a statement concerning hospitality. I would like to rethink our our understanding of of what hospitality actually means, because I think we've all experienced it in a certain context. And I, and it's not that the way that we experience things are are wrong. I just think that sometimes we experience things outside of the fullness of what they're intended to be. And so when we talk about, you know, well, we see the church do this and not do this and that kind of thing. It's, it's not that everything is wrong, but it's that we're not seeing the fullness of that. Right. And which means that it's wrong. (laughs) Not no, totally. Maybe not wrong. Not totally. But it's just not it's not the full picture. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're getting a you're getting a slice of it, but you're not, you know, where'd this come from? What's the rest of it? Where's yeah. it going? So I I think I would like to to maybe try and uh, give us a different perspective concerning hospitality. Where do you why tell me why you chose hospitality, where your heart is with it, and then we'll get to the scripture. I think that the idea of hospitality is so important to Joe and I, because like I said, you know, we're not celebrities yet. I fully intend on being yet, but, (laughs) but no, um, the idea that we're not called to celebrity status, we're called to faithfulness. And what we see in the faithfulness of Jesus was a very hospitable um, person. He had very little, but he was very hospitable. Well, he had everything. He sure. was, and even in the Old Testament, we see such, we see so many laws from God about hospitality, about loving the stranger, about caring for mm-hmm. the other. Yeah. Something, you know. Um, Lo- loving the not, stranger among you. Yeah. yeah. You, like people were told, you can't, you can't gather all of your crops. You can't harvest all of your fields. You need to leave the corners of your fields and whatever you drop, you leave mm. for the stranger and the foreigner. And the wow, <laughs> that's a lot of honor, honor to deeply tied in with hospitality in yeah. the, in, in the old Testament. Yeah. yeah. Well, also an understanding of the poverty around you so that you're not turning a blind eye. Whatever right. you drop, leave it. Yeah. That's what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah. And on that honor, I think that we see that continued in because ultimately hospitality is about seeing the image of God and the other per- person and welcoming them as we would welcome Christ. Mm. So as a frequent user of Pinterest, I, <laughs> I see um, so many images of what hospitality should be. And as a Christian woman, I think that's often... Um, enhanced of hospitality means my house always has to look a certain way. My meal always has to be Mm. perfect and fancy. And if I can't achieve that, then why bother? Mm. But what I've been 
learning and trying to focus on is in hospitality that for me the two questions are did i see christ in them and did they see christ in me you so, just reminded me of something something funny and uh, whatever i'm just going to tell you <laughs> uh one of our friends she she uh she has this idea of a crappy dinner party is what she calls it i think that's what she calls it but that's what i'm calling it now she calls it crappy crappy dinner party she's like hey let's have a crappy dinner party well what does that mean she's like well don't dress up don't prepare anything just grab something from the fridge and then show up to the house and that's what we make so we had a crappy dinner party and uh, she came over with a with a bag of potatoes right i mean that and <laughs> and we ended up making it into a really good um, yeah. you know mashed potatoes but it's like calm down don't get frantic you're gonna come over we love you we know you you can show up to our house with a bag of potatoes and like we're gonna hang out it's gonna be fine It'll you be don't fine, have yeah. to prepare a stinking pinterest yeah. picture worthy meal although you did for me when i went over to your house so i'm just yeah. saying are you complaining about that no, well, that, about what? Are you complaining about I'm the complaining. chili beer braised pork ribs? No, I said they were picture perfect. I was not complaining, <laughs> you word twister. But yeah, man, but I, and you know, expectation and false narrative. Like you're talking about earlier, what we were saying. You know, what are we just we don't we don't necessarily do it wrong. It's just the it's not the full picture. False narrative and those kind of things. Like when we look at hospitality and their preconceived notions about what that means, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. oftentimes holds us back from from realizing the full truth and to realize that truth in us. You know, because yeah, to have a an expectation in our mind of mm-hmm. what that standard needs to be and that standard needs to be met. Otherwise, it's a failure. Yeah. What is that? That's religion and law. Well, it's, you know, so. well, it's a it's a box, right? And so, what did we're going to dive into this? What we talked about, like the law, and there's just that that one. I mean, there's obviously more scripture, but it says, you know, um, except the foreigner among you, kind of thing. But then, what did Jesus do? He came and fulfilled the law, and he actually gave us the fullness of the understanding of the law. So even it was in Matthew five where he starts getting into, well, you've heard it said that like, man, if you even look at a woman, yeah, <laughs> you've already, you've yeah. already committed adultery. So you don't even have to go through with the full act of <laughs> yeah, adultery. You've already so done you're it. Like, oh, so man, you're just I'm like, wait a second. You know? Yeah. And so this is what Jesus did. He brings in the fullness. And so we get an image of the fullness of the law and the way that you accept or love on and care for your neighbor and love the foreigner, love the poor, love the naked, love your the enemy. hungry, love your enemy. Yeah, I, yeah. I for an eye, tooth for tooth. He's like, no, pray for your enemy, bless those who curse you. Right. And so, um, anything else to say? You want to dive into the scripture? Let's get into. Let's the get scripture. into it. I'm gonna. I'll. I'll go ahead and read it for us. And it's. Uh, you guys go to Matthew chapter 25, and uh, my little. Uh, title here over this paragraph says the final judgment and so get ready for doom and gloom and fire and brimstone people Uh oh it's coming the rain is coming and it's not coming from north korea can you scream it can you just scream <laughs> the whole- <laughs> can you uh, shout, shout it out yep so i'm going to read this to you guys um it says when the son of man comes in all his glory and all the angels with him then he will sit on his glorious throne Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, 
and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will answer, saying, Lord, when do we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger, naked or sick and in prison, and did not minister to you? Um, Then he will answer them, saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal fire. <laughs> I wish you could see Casey's eyes right now, <laughs> like popping out of his head, like, oh, snap. Jesus just did that. That's in there? That's in there. That's in the scripture. So here, here's... So the moral of the story is get right before you get left. I guess so. Huh. Wrap here, it up. Left behind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What are you? Ta- are you talking about the? Haven't, are you haven't talking you about see- false rapture theology? Haven't you seen? Yeah, haven't you seen the movies? Gosh, didn't you read that in high school? <laughs> Don't get me started on the rapture. Oh my gosh. Let's continue with hospitality. Yeah, this. So I, I, there's a lot of different ways that this can go, and so I think that I'd like to start by tackling the heart behind hospitality, and how to cultivate a heart to be hospitable because I think it's so important because Jesus says, all right, you didn't clothe me, you didn't feed me, you didn't visit me. I was sick. You didn't do it. Like, so basically you can look around and there are all these needs in the world. There's always going to be poor people. People will always be sick. People will always be hungry. There will be people who need basic necessities for life, clothing, shelter, food, right? And so Jesus says, there's going to be those who didn't do these things, and there's going to be those who did do these things, right? And so everybody who didn't do them on the left, everybody who did do them on the right kind of thing. However, however, I think it's important to not put a yoke of works around our neck and understand the heart behind the hospitality and how to get that heart. Because for me to just decide I'm going to go feed some hungry people and then say, all right, Jesus, I fed the hungry people. Let me into heaven. And he can it's be very, like, I never knew you. Yeah, it's very. It's, right. It's very. That's a thin line. Law and grace based. Mm-hmm. Anything you do is, is a fine line. You know what I mean? And I think that's a good point. You know, trying to. Yeah. So where does and, that heart for hospitality come from? And then how do we do that? How do we live that out? Not by a yoke of works but out of an outflow of love, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. And if we're seeing, okay, I I have to do this or I'm going to be, I'm going to be damned. That's not a heart of hospitality. Um, But if you are seeing this person as Christ, Mm. um, who you are welcoming, who you are inviting into your home, then that's an entirely different posture. Whoa. 
Yeah. You want to expound on no, your No, I don't want to say. No, <laughs> just continue. Yeah. So where so where do you get? I mean, what's a motivation for that kind of thing? I think for me, it's seeing how God has welcomed me, and I am Ooh. undeserving. I am often unpleasant, but He has always graciously welcomed me mm. and extended hospitality to me, invited me to his table at the Lord's Supper. Clothed you in his clothes. Exactly. Woo! And That's so, so good. So the more that I am aware of that, the more that I am dwelling in that as mm. his daughter through adoption, the more I'm able to offer that to other people. Dang. So you have to get it to give it. Right. That's where I was going with this. Yeah, I think so much we see, we un, we need to understand the way that God views us. God yeah. welcomes us, and so in return we welcome others. The very beginning of the Bible, the first chapter of the Bible, we're told that God created humanity in his own image. Mm-hmm. That I love how the uh, Common English Bible translates it. He says It says, in the divine image, God created them. Mm-hmm. The image of God is is in people. So if we, when we see that, then our only, the only proper response is to be hospitable and to welcome and to bring in. It's the divine welcoming, the divine in me welcoming the divine in somebody else. Yeah. That's how you source Whoa. it out. Yeah. Whoa. That's really interesting. That's really interesting because I think you just opened this up. So Jesus said, if you've done this to them, you've done it to me. And you said it's seeing Jesus in other people. Like you, if you're doing it to them, you're doing it to Christ. And so your motivation. Because, because, because they're, they're bearing the image of God. Exactly. Yeah. Oh. Isn't that my, interesting? My head hurts. How often, do, how often is that a motivator for you? Like a, never, you're cognizant of that yeah. thought going yeah. through your head. I'm going to love this person because they're bearing the image of God. Hmm. Well, and that and that speaks to how important every person is because if they are bearing the every image, person. if they if they are bearing the image of God, <laughs> how important is God? You know. What about people who don't act like they're bearing matter. the image of God? They all, they all do. Mm. You know, and so when we see that. That, that's how important that is. Hey, look, this person is bearing the image of God. Yeah. You know, treated as holy, treated as sacred. Mm-hmm. Treat yeah. them, you know what I mean? Treat them the way that you, you're going to treat God. Yeah. You know? I'll be I'll be the first one to admit that um, I have, you know, I see the world through a certain set of glasses, so to speak. Because you've got glasses on. Be- yes, I do have <laughs> glasses on. <laughs> oh, gosh. But as I... I mean, I'll be honest. I I see skin color. I see raggedy clothing. Right? I I I see people and I'm I make a judgment based on whether or not their hair is combed. I mean, and and it's not that like you literally judged me this morning for getting in your car and smelling like trees. I did. I did. I was like, "Man, Casey stinks." He does. Smell it's like okay. Trees, trees I still love him. Trees and work. That's right. I still love him. I guess it's better than smelling like sin in hard times. <laughs> That's right. Oh, cigarette and booze, man. Yeah. It smells like you went to. I used to smell like that. You smell like Kansas Star Casino right now. 
Just kidding. <laughs> so so I I see through I see through a lens. Like I'll be honest, I see people. I see skin. I you know I I see all those things. Um, and it gets hard sometimes, and especially like when I'm pulling up to Quick Trip, and then I see some guy like leaning against the wall. And I can tell, oh, that guy's probably homeless. Gosh, he's probably going to ask me for money. You know, like I'm already, that stuff's <laughs> going through my head. <laughs> but I honestly, I have gotten to a point to where I have to remind myself, and it's not so much like they're bearing the image of God that's a motivator for the way that I interact with them. But I've been telling myself, and this is the truth, that every person has the potential to know God and be transformed by him, right? No matter who they are, even, even the demoniac, that was in shackle, or they tried to shackle in the cemetery who had legion inside of him. Nobody wanted to deal with that guy. They tried to chain him up and forget about him, right? Even that guy had the potential to know God, and then he did, and then he went and evangelized to 10 cities. You know what I mean? So it, I, I try and see the world through that eyes, but those eyes, but that statement, that person's bearing the image of God, I should show hospitality, it isn't a daily motivator for the way that I interact with people. That's mm-hmm. convicting. Is but it's powerful. So tell us more about that. Yeah, how do you guys go about doing that and fulfilling that in your own life? I think that it, it has to become, like you said, a daily practice of awareness. And it's easy to fall into the all or nothing of every single homeless person that I meet, I have to do X, Y, and Z. But that's, again, that goes back to law. That goes back to slavery. But if instead we can focus on increasing that awareness and listening to the spirit so that when that one person um, is, is in our life, that we can invite them closer in. Hey, come to this event that we're having or come have supper with us or let's get a cup of coffee. Right. And, and you just hit a really good point there, which is, I think sometimes where we just, we just give money to homeless people and say, Oh, well, I did my good work. Well, the heart of God or of Jesus was always to bring into relationship. And so if we're just giving people money and then walking off going about, that's not, that's not, that's law. Right. Would you say? Because yeah. And how privileged is that, that that's where our mind goes, that we live in such a, a nation, such a country in such a situation where, it's easier for us to say, you know what? I've got 10 extra dollars and I don't have to talk to them. Mm. Wow. In most of the world, that's not even an option. That's yeah. not an image of hospitality. No, no, because I don't have I don't have enough money to pay the bills this month. So what I have is what I can bring in. What I have is my relationship. Mm. Yeah, so you said something earlier, Joe. You said, and share our lives with these people. And that just... it. It kind of rung a bell in me because there's a scripture there, and um, I think it's Second Thessalonians, and uh, it talks about where, where Paul says, "Because you had become so dear to us, we were pleased not to share, uh, or pleased to share not just the gospel but also our lives with you." And then mm. he goes on to talk about um, how, as spiritual mothers, we nurtured you, and as spiritual fathers, we exhorted you, and that kind of stuff. And so we had a podcast on this, but but he made a statement. He said, "Not." just the gospel, but also our lives. And so that led me to believe that just a sharing of the gospel was not the fullness of what the father intended for people who would live in Christ. Well, you're evangelizing. Well, man, I can't, you're evangelizing. Wow. You're a great Christian, right? But Paul said, we share also our lives. And he spent two or three years there with those people. So it's It went much deeper than just this conversation. Well, I love you enough to tell you about Jesus. 
but I also love you so much that I'm going to share my life with you. And I think that that's a piece that we've missed. And I also think that's a piece that we've not totally seen in its fullness in discipleship, in discipleship, but also even in our, in our, um, community in our nation, we have such a Western worldview of culture and you get in, over into um, Eastern culture oh, yeah. and you've got multiple generations of families living under one roof. You, there's this greater um, sense of community and people living together and some, some way or another, we've kind of lost some of that here. Yeah. And how do you, how do you guys, how many people are under your direct care right now? If you don't mind me asking, and I don't mean just hospital, hospital, hospitality wise, I just mean in your in your local church body that you guys have about thirty five or forty. Nice. And would you say that's a manageable manageable number personally, like to, to have a personal relationship oh, no. with all these? Oh no. Yeah. So no, no, it's too many. Like we, there are a handful of people that, well, we love and we serve our everybody under our care as well as we can but there are a few who are willing to when the as we've invited they're willing to step into Mm -hmm. that um, relational aspect that that closer that closer relationship but those people you were those people that are stepping into that relationship those are people that were under your direct care at one time right yeah okay so they're reciprocating what you guys have given to them well, yes, yeah, nice. That's what so, I'm talking about. So, so let me let me bring this out and and just to kind of insert maybe a working definition of this of this term hospitality. I, I sent Andy a screenshot last night, and I just I looked up the Greek word for hospitality. I always I always look up the words and see what they mean, and it was interesting because the word is um, it's philo. Um, Oh gosh! Now I can't remember. <laughs> Do you remember it? Oh, I wouldn't know. The, how to, that's I wouldn't fine. Know the, how to pronounce the fir- it. Zeno, philo Zeno, and so um, I remember because it was the word Philadelphia, and then xenophobic came to mind, and this is the the two roots come from that, and so philo is like friend, and then Zeno is stranger, and so it literally means a friend of strangers, mm-hmm. so that to be hospitable means that you would show love and care and concern and not just a surface love and care and concern like, oh, you were naked, let me clothe you. Mm-hmm. There's a deeper there's a deeper meaning behind that. And so to be a friend of strangers, which means I don't know this guy, I don't know where he's from, I don't know what he's done, I don't know where he's going, I don't know what he's been through, but we're to be hospitable. So there's some commands mm-hmm. in scripture that says show hospitality, being hospitable. You even brought to light that one of the qualifications of an elder is to be yeah, hospitable, mm-hmm. but we've just overlooked that. Right. It doesn't say the elder's spouse put them in a women's ministry oh, and told them snap. to focus on hospitality. Oh, snap. That's not in the Bible. <laughs> snap, son. And let me just put it out there like... I, I know that there are some there are some church <laughs> some ministries that have a hospitality ministry air quote right. hospitality ministry and what is that in your mind what is a hospitality ministry coffee and donuts well, yeah coffee so well we're too cheap for donuts so we just do granola bars that we can use every week until they're gone that's what I'm talking about but the, yeah <laughs> you guys are so hospitable 
so hospitable. That's funny. Keep it rolling, man. Like, tell me more. Tell me more. About? About just all Well, this, and like Jason said, you know, um, I had told him last night, this is the role of an, an elder. And Joe had told me, or we were talking a while back, and she had said, you know, I've never seen a men's conference on the topic of hospitality. And ever since she said that. But there's a whole lot of women's conferences about it. There are. And so ever since she said that, that's been rolling around in the back of my mind. If I ever have the opportunity to host a men's ministry or be a part of a, a men's conference in any way, man, I'm going to push for this thing to be on hospitality. Let, let's just talk about that real quick. And we don't have to dive so much into like gender roles within you know, the church. I mean, there's lots to be said on that. But think about this. You've got a church, most churches. Mm-hmm. It, it, let me rephrase that. Certain denominations um, will say that women can't lead in an elder role or a pastor role. Right. Except they'll put a man in an elder role whom, who they will say fit the qualifications, yet take part of what is a an attribute of that role which is hospitality and mm-hmm. then give that out to women right how interesting is that i keep doing i keep hitting your mic i'm sorry it's just interesting to me right you can't be an elder but we want you to take this piece and then the men seemingly will just you know not even function in that regard right right that's interesting yeah so, it's 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 interesting and it's it's dangerous to the body to say the people that we have that we want to elevate to leadership don't have to be relationally involved with others give it to someone else CEOs yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> Casey's tickled CEOs and churches that's an interesting concept. It's true. Yep. <clears throat> so, yeah, like I was saying, if I would love to see a men's conference or a men's weekend or anything to do with with men, especially in leadership, focus on this lost idea of hospitality. Yeah. That it's not a it's not a a it's not a feminine job. It's 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 what we job. see. <laughs> You know, I think that one of the the most commonly viewed attributes of God that we see in the life of Jesus is hospitality. Absolutely. Yeah. But it would be at the bottom of the list on the attributes that we would use to describe him. Very true. It's very true. If I were to, yeah, if I were to tell you to list the top 10 attributes of God as seen in Jesus until this conversation, I'd... Probably wouldn't say hospitable. Would it be on? Would it make the top ten list? Probably not. Yeah, David Letterman would not read that one. <laughs> so, so help me understand then. So, what I want to get to is help us to understand the a full image of hospitality in contrast to maybe the way that we've seen it before we've had this conversation, and also help me understand this biblical understanding of this biblical image of hospitality um, maybe in relationship or in contrast to the gift of hospitality, right? Because there's a gift of hospitality, but then also we see the image of, 
Jesus saying, if you've done this to the least of me, these you've done this to me. So it seems like something that will naturally flow out of a Christ follower as well as something that naturally flows out of someone who's gifted in it. So where do you kind of see a difference between the two? Well, I have to start out by plugging this book called Making Room, Recovering Hospitality as a Christian Tradition by Christine Pohl. It is excellent. And if you're intrigued by this conversation, you have to go read this book because Mm. she's done a lot of research. And she talks about... um, or she gives a definition to strangers in which she says strangers in the strict sense are those who are disconnected from the basic relationships that give persons a secure place in the world. Hmm. The most vulnerable strangers are detached from family, community, church, work, and polity. So ultimately hospitality is inviting other people into our connections into our secure place Mm. and the more vulnerable the person is um, the fewer of those connections they come i would say the more urgent it is for us to um, extend hospitality to them Mm. andy yeah we have to it's urgent to extend that hospitality. And when we see that in that passage in Matthew 25, that Jesus said, whatever you did to the least of these, you did to me, or whatever you didn't do to the least of these, you didn't do for me. And I love that definition that if we see the stranger or as somebody who's disconnected from these things, is somebody that needs to be brought in. It's not just something, someone we do something for. It's someone that we we bring in and we draw into relationship with us. It It's reminding me of the scripture that says, you know, true and undefiled religion is this, that you care for the widow and the orphan in their distress and yeah. keep yourself unstained from the world. But by the de- by that definition is the stranger is someone who who doesn't have access to a love community. Exactly. So whether that's a fam, a blood family mm-hmm. or a group of people who have banded together as a family for the sake of not being alone. Right. And it's great you said that because we were just talking about this last night and we'd even said we're not entirely sure whether we're going to share this story or not, but I'm going to. On the 4th of July, we had a lady from our church in our home and, and she was there and having a meal with us. And she took her daughter to the kids parade around the fountain in Hastings with us. And after, as we were preparing lunch together, she said, this is so cool. She said, as a result of some of the choices of my life, I haven't had this opportunity with my family to have these big family get togethers and, um, holiday meals and gatherings. And she said, but I do now mm. as she wow. was standing in our, our kitchen, helping prepare yeah. lunch. Gosh, that's powerful. And so I see that and I, I think that's the picture of hospitality is bringing in people who, who didn't have these connections and yeah. now they do. Sounds like, uh, solving the issue of world hunger and poverty to me. 
And yeah. I, I think that this is a interesting story because this um, this woman lives in a ministry that is across the parking lot from our church that um, they have two apartments and individuals who are homeless or near homeless and are have either had their children removed from them, placed in foster care, or kind of are at risk of that, are able to move into these apartments and then receive um, mentoring and care. And so initially she moved in and she was not homeless any longer because housing was provided, food was provided, but it was only when those strong relationships started developing that we saw just tremendous transformation in her that everything changed for her. And and for us, how um, this really, really works is we um, choose a couple of people. And I say choose, but it, it I think it's uh, it happens. It's a spirit led thing that, um, OK, these are these are our people who we're just going to invite to everything. If we're having a gathering, they're going to come. And, and yeah. this woman was one of those people. And so to see her um, really just become part of our lives and our kids love her so much and um, she's she's there she teaches Sunday school with me on on Sunday mornings she um, she makes sure we have water and coffee and granola bars yes she is the head of our hospitality at church (laughs) but she used that phrase again you said she she's a part of our lives like that's so key and so important it you know? truly is a lost art, a lost discipline. Yeah, I was just thinking about how, and and this is great because we we just had a conversation with you know Church on the Street and their their uh, homeless ministry and that kind of thing. And so, you know, I find it interesting, and I I can't remember if I read this somewhere or if someone said this to me, but you know, we label homeless people homeless because we think that by just giving them a place to live we're going to solve their issue. But you could take homeless John, put him in government housing, and he's still alone. Right? Loneliness is an epidemic. Mm -hmm. And it's it's interesting that you said that because just a couple of nights ago, a friend of mine sent me a TED Talk. Mm -hmm. And it was by a lady who was addressing this idea of epidemic epidemic loneliness. Mm. And... It actually stemmed from a conversation that I had had with her a few months ago. We had gone to lunch and we were talking about how lonely people are and how the, in many cases, the opportunities and luxuries afforded to previous generations are just not going to be offered to um, younger folks. The The money's not there. The um, opportunities aren't there like they were. Mm-hmm. And she's a single mom struggling. And I told her, you know, I I had recently read a book and um, this pastor um, professor had said that the way that housing could or should look in the future, especially in the United States, is going to look much more like empty nesters inviting maybe single moms or Mm. um, Mm. younger people getting a start into their homes and cohabitating and living together in this new way. 
and she had sent me this TED talk of this woman who's an architect and she's developed this, this apartment community. And I think there's about a dozen apartments in this and the people that live there, they commit to sharing space together. So they each have their own individual apartment, but they have shared space and they commit to eating together three times a week mm-hmm. in this place. And she was telling me how how incredible that was. And I said, you know, I think that I think that we could do something like that. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. And this has been our heart for a long time too, is is community and mm-hmm. you know, and wanting to we have uh, this craving and a natural desire. It's like, man, well, why can't we live in a commune? Why can't we have that? Because everybody thinks it's all it's cultish Cult-y, or weird. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? But actually this the Western way of life is a new way of life. It's been tribes and people yes. cohabitating and living mobile and, and, and sharing everything they have for since the existence of man began. Right. And yeah. so so this westernized idea of isol- for the first time in history now uh, a person can live their entire life you know virtually meeting strangers all the time you know and what that creates and what that cultivates what the western what what american and consumerism and capitalism has created is an is an isolated life an individual mm-hmm. life yep. which also breeds because you're in an isolated and individual environment it breeds it breeds more depression it breeds more anxiety it breeds uh, huge levels of dishonesty because you're not around people to call you out you're not around that kind of stuff and so this new this this like individualism yeah individualism about me and stuff like that but we're inundated and born into it which is unfortunate and so i think that this this new there's a there's a craving and a desire man for people wanting to belong because that's the way it was in the beginning oh yeah there is you know absolutely it's the way we're we're created to be together in community right god said it's not good for man to be alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, this ooh. whole this whole idea of cohabitating and living together and showing hospitality to one another, um, this is happening outside of the context of of the church. Even this was a TED talk that was sent to me. This isn't a Christian community. This is I know this yeah. is people well, addressing a the, problem. It, it's the it's the it's the earth, it's the worldly and the, recognizing this, problems that the church isn't even recognizing right now. We're so said, busy fighting over other. But things. here's the thing. Like, sorry, I know you had a thought. Oh but, no, you're fine. So I I was listening to a story, um, and I think they were they were talking about like um, California. Washington, Oregon. Now, when we think California, Oregon, Washington, you may think liberal. Right. Um, you may think. I think about that devil's lettuce, bro. That devil's <laughs> lettuce. You may, okay. <laughs> All right. I'm going to try and move on from Fully this. Can just smoking. Exactly. Casey's just thinking about weed. Oh, just what I, that's what I think. That's about what you think of when you think that way. Yeah, we think hipster, hippie. Free, whatever you might think when you consider right. like, you know, West Coast, liberal, whatever, uh, millennials. But they were talking about how because housing is so expensive, like in San mm-hmm. Francisco, it's a housing crisis because it's like, you know, gentrified. Like you cannot find a cheap place to live. And so people were cohabitating there and they're, they're renting studio space and setting up little places where, pe- you know, four or five people are going to live there and sleep mm-hmm. there and all live in community. And these people are, they're building tight knit relationships. Sadly that if they were to ever like 
get saved and go to a church may not have that same level right. of community not. outside of their secular community. Mm-hmm. They may not even be able to find that in the church. And here's what I don't want to happen. God help us. Don't let the church get a hold of a fad and try and program community living and not like let it be a proper outflow yeah. of what is what fad. God's people desire. Because yeah. that's what the church does. Oh, well, let's get a hold of that and let's program. Here's it. the problem. Here's the program. Yeah. Well, well, we've got to run our churches like businesses because they're really good at it. Right? Here's the problem. So, God help us. We've got a program for that. It's like, <laughs> do you see what I'm saying, though? Like this is a, I believe this is a natural desire of, for people to, to live in deeper community. I really see that, yeah. and you because know, it's intrinsic, th- man. Yeah, it's 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 in our DNA to be together. Remember, we had uh, our first podcast with Jeff was talking about the aspect of holiness and what that meant to be in holiness is to be in relationship with other people. And mm-hmm. so from the dawn of time, it was always community. It's always supposed to be. So how yeah. perfect How perfect is this system that we live in to, to eradicate Christianity? How perfect is the system that, that has been weaved by Satan, that has been designed and born in the hearts of men through Satan? How, dude, look at this. Perfect, man. How perfect is it, dude, to, to, to eliminate Christianity? Man, individual. Well, he's trying. That's for sure. Oh, absolutely. There's been some, been some success, unfortunately. But, um, I was having a text conversation with my nephew just the other day, and you're talking about, um, man. It's not good that man be alone. Mm-hmm. And he was reading in this book, and and it's, and I would venture to say that that statement was more about living in community with other humans than it is about actually like getting married. You know, it's like in the context of I'm single, it's not good for me to be alone. Lord, send me a spouse. Right. Except that because we were made in God's image and God exists three in one, a perfect community between father, son and spirit. There's a perfect love and relationship. This glorious exchange between the Godhead. Right. We're made in his image. And so he says it's not good for man to be alone, except God was walking with him in the cool of the day. So he's still saying, hey, even though I'm here, you're still alone. That's an interesting thing to consider because someone would say, well, it's just it's just me and God and I'm good. Well, God said you, that's not good. Right. Right. And so it's this aspect of deeper relationship and community. But then we would say, well, get in a church, get in a group. Does it go beyond that? Right. Sunday and Wednesday. Right. Right. It, re- should, it the, should. The reason that it's not good is because you don't you're not sharing what God is giving you. Mm-hmm. If you don't have somebody else around, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So if, you, if it's just you and God, you know what I mean? You're not sharing what you've been given. <laughs> so that's why it's, I think that's the reason why it's not good. Yeah. I don't know. That just came to me anyway. Go sure. ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Anything to say? Does it go beyond that? And does it, I think often what happens is um, back to the, the programs of we create a program with the church that we're going to... Um, do X, Y, and Z, but then we're all in groups of people who are like us, of basically the same socioeconomic status, Mm. the same same color, same age, right? Exactly. Education level, same same political views. It always congregates together. You're absolutely right. Right, but then that it doesn't ever become authentic because you need difference in order to have true community and we see 
in the early church, that's part of what was so radical about them is that they were all different, that their society had no way of understanding why are these wealthy people spending time with slaves and considering them as brothers and sisters? Mm. And I think our society is just as baffled when they see glimpses of that. Yeah. When there are, when walls are torn down, right? When there, when there's a dividing wall, a dividing wall of hostility that's been torn down and people don't know why. Yeah. So you know what drives You're me? You're a liberal, so... You can't be hanging. Why are you hanging out? You know why? Gosh, unity. Unity. You like to you, talk about the system. Unity. Yeah, absolutely. Unity destroys our concepts of you know because we do congregate birds of a fo- feather flock together. That's the way that we like to do that, mm-hmm. and it's uncomfortable to be outside of that. And so when you see that, it's all it makes you. It, I, even thinking about that makes me feel uncomfortable. Ugh, you know, like hanging yeah. out with. A, you know what I mean? <laughs> but I'm, no, I'm, I'm yeah, just giving. I, I'm giving a, a, honest, a picture yeah, to, of yeah. that. You know, and it shouldn't be like. That, yeah, but know? but there's you talk about the system, and there's been this. So within, and it's all over the place. Politics have have become this. Dividing wall of hostility. Yeah, and it's it's one or the other. It's partisan, right? You you've got Democrat and Republican, and I understand some people are libertarian and unaffiliated, whatever, blah blah blah. But for the most part, for the most part, the main it's one of two. It's red or blue, right? It's Trump or not Trump, right? It's it. I'm serious. It's you are or you are not for or against this thing, and it's like, figure out where you stand, because if you stand on the other side, I'm not standing with you, Yeah, and it's so much easier these days to find a wall of division, or something, or a reason, to find a reason to divide, yeah, and the house divided won't stand, and so, but then Jesus, but then Jesus came and said, I don't care who you are, where you're from, or what you think, or believe, or what you've done, I'm going to be hospitable and I'm going to be a friend of a stranger. Yeah, and then we and then we relate God and Christ to to the right wing. You know what I mean? Well, and it's it's <laughs> in, it's it's interesting that you're bringing all of this up. Um, a podcast that I listen to, and I think that Jason's been listening listening to it quite a bit. Um, the host had a had a Jewish scholar on, and they were talking about how this concept of division is just foreign like within the the Jewish um, religion and in the the religious context that Jesus found himself in, yeah. that this idea of being divided, I think she said that, she said, we don't even kick out our, our heretics. She said, because there are heretics. <laughs> they're ours. Yeah. And so, but we divide about anything and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. why, why can't we see each other as part of the same? Like, it's got to be, denom- denom- you know, yeah. denomination. Yeah, they may be crazy, but they are crazy and we'll deal with mm-hmm. them. Yeah. But I think that it's because in our culture, we don't genuinely realize that we need each other. Right. Like we are, we have enough money, we have enough security that we don't have to rely on each other. So if I don't like your politics, I don't need you. Why do we wait on tragedy to unite? Right. You hear these stories about, um, you know, bombers and shooters coming into like, you know, they walk into a cafeteria and they just they just start shooting people, and then in the in the wake of that disaster people all sorts of religious backgrounds and understandings and 
stances on politics and abortion and transgenderism. All that stuff's out the window when there's a brother in need. For a and while, they, we see it. For a while, and they jump it's in. It's not necessary. Yeah, and we people jump in and they help each other and they love each other because the situation calls for it, right? But if those same two people were in a Facebook comment feed over a dividing issue, we'll go to war. They go to war with each other, not knowing that they may that might be the very person they're pulling out of a fire the next day, mm. right? So why? It's just it's foolishness. It's crazy. And I think that 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 Ted talk that I had talked to you about, she, the lady who was um, giving this talk said something that really stood out to me. She said that the people that are living in these new kind of communities are abandoning the American dream for something better. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. So my question is, and again, this is happening not in the context of the church. This is, this is people outside the church seeing a need and saying there's something better. And absolutely. Absolutely. But you know what? It's here's the thing, though. Like, we may be feeling that inside of the church, but what have we done? It, I mean, again, it's people looking to the church leaders, the elders, the pastor, the visionary, the apostle, the ministry founder, to say, "What do we do?" And then when when your paradigm says that you need to be in a group. Well, then they've just boxed in that sense of community. And I let, let me tell you, that's not their intention. Right. It's certainly not their intention. You need to be in group. That's good, well intended. But that's not the full picture. But that's not the fullness of what Christian community We view that as could the ends. We, use the, we view that as the end in, in itself, not the means to an end. Yeah. It's interesting. So my question to to round it out is, what do we do? This is where you encourage the listeners. It starts out with that growing awareness of God's hospitality towards us. And Father, open my eyes to see the people around me, the people who are different from me, and taking those small steps um, of it can be coffee someplace else. Hospitality doesn't always have to be in our home. If it's a posture, we can offer hospitality somewhere else. That um, And then continuing to just invite that person there's there's room at the table it doesn't take that much more to um feed another person another couple of person or another couple of people Mm -hmm. and just continuing to invite them and inviting them to the point where it's challenging Uh, i know recently andy and i um, had a, a little boy who stayed with us for three days and we have this conversation of you know relationship sounds really good until you're struggling because it it's tough but if we're genuinely going to be part of each other's lives we have to go past the um the easy niceties to the places where um we're seeing each other as we really are yeah sacrifice and that's the that's the ugliness of relationship with people oh yeah because we all suck you know what i mean and so like 
even I see it played out in my in marriage. You know, when you get together with somebody and you mm. really share absolutely everything, you find it's a mirror. You oh, know what I mean? Tough. So it's Christ. You know, and and we're all conforming to the image of Christ, and that's the entire point. But man, is it tough? You know, and man, when you deal with people that have some serious issues, I'm not talking about my wife. I'm talking about when you deal with people in general that have serious issues because you have serious issues. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it's just it's an ugly thing. And what happens? We when it starts getting tough, well, we just kind of fizzle off and fade out right and what that reminds me of the proverb if you if you fail in the day of adversity bro your strength is small mm, you know and so yeah. we need to gather that strength from a different place as always sourcing from divinity you know not trying to be like it but mm. actually sourcing from it you know that's a beautiful phrase sourcing from divinity sounds like a good bumper sticker in addition to our t-shirt ideas andy i, I want i want to close this out and give you an opportunity um, to, to kind of, um, give testimony to our listeners of how the father's been hospitable to you and how that's a foundation for the way that you are hospitable to others. Man, God has been so hospitable to me in, in so many ways. And I, we don't have time to go through all of it, but um I've been the recipient of a transformed life and a transformed um trajectory of life. Mm. When I when I think of hospitality, I don't just think of of inviting people in to our home like Joe wow. was saying. Wow. Um I think of what happened with my own mom and I being here this weekend, I got to uh, write a letter to my grandparents. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandma was um, in a very dangerous relationship in her younger years, and she left that relationship and married a man who has treated her so well for so many years and who never treated my mom as anything but his own biological daughter. Mm-hmm. And... I saw that growing up. I saw his love and his care for her. And now as Joe and I are growing our family, we're, we're entering into this process of adoption as well. And I see that hospitality that was in my grandpa welcoming Mm -hmm. my mom and us into his life and changing that trajectory Mm. that, um, you know, God did that for me through him. Mm hmm. And I hope that I get to do the same thing for the kids that are coming into our lives wow, now. Absolutely. You will and I that. hope that I get to do the same thing for the people in our, our church that I get to serve Gosh. people who said, you know, I, what I, I missed out on this mm. in my life of being part of family gatherings. Not anymore. I hope that that's not a one-off thing. I hope that this is a new trajectory of life and that that woman will, pass that on and she'll invite other people into that same type of role. You may not be the largest church in Hastings, but you can definitely be the most hospitable. Yeah. And I think that it's so much learning to think bigger, Mm -hmm. think, um, think more beautifully. Like what is, 
what what would a beautiful community and group of people look like? It's people who sacrifice, who love, who serve, who are open with each other and not doing so within a, a program like Casey was saying, you know, hey, we've got a program for that. No, hey, I've got a life I can share with you. It's huge. Did you have something to chime in on? Huge. Huge. Oh, here's here's where I want to end. Um, this statement came to mind after hearing you say that hospitality has the power and potential to change the trajectory of a life. And it's not that, um, it's that the father's image in you is moving you to show an act of love or kindness, right? Feeding someone who's hungry, clothing someone who's naked, visiting someone in prison, caring for someone who's sick, and this is what Jesus is saying, right? He's saying, if you've done this to someone, you've done it to the least of me, these. But Jesus, when he walked the face of the earth, based on the interactions that we had, that he had with people, literally changed the trajectory of their lives. Right, and so it's what what's tra- changing a trajectory. It's repentance, right? And so it's the goodness of the Lord that causes men's hearts to repent. And so if we're the image bearers of God, then it's the goodness coming through us as we source from divinity to show to other people, to show them the goodness of God. And Mm -hmm. that causes them to change their trajectory. And repentance is a changing of a mentality, right? Absolutely. It's a changing of your mind towards an issue. And if, if we can love people in such a way that they change their minds towards the people of God, then they'll change their mind towards God. Mm. That's good stuff, people. And you'll only hear it on the Salty Dogs podcast. Maybe not on, only here, but you'll you'll hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, allow when me. When I whisper to you in the dark. Allow yeah. me to puff out my chest yeah. <laughs> at the end of our podcast. Andy and Joe, thank you so much. Praise the Lord for that. Gosh, that was so thank encouraging. You. Thanks for having us. So encouraging there just at the end here. That's good stuff. Thank you guys for listening. We love you. Uh, Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are at Salty Dogs Cast. Um, You can subscribe on Google, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Email us at saltydogspodcast at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. Uh, Casey Casey wants uh, an email rebuke from you. Yeah, man, rebuke me, please. Yeah, put him in his place. Somebody. Um, always remember, we're not trying to reestablish doctrine and, theolo- doctrine and theology within an we're hour's time. We're asking questions that need to be asked. That's right. We just want to remind you of that. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>